metrics. And when I look at companies, uh, and I think if you ask my colleagues as well in the venture in the venture part of, of VIX Fund, the most important part is the team uh, that we're looking for. Uh, who are the founders that we invest into? And what I really, when you know, when founders get me really excited is you know. Uh, um, somebody who who is very ambitious who you you know has shown like uh, good execution skills stuff like that and and also a very important skill in my opinion is to are, are you able to build and collect a great team around you with with very smart people that can help you on the journey uh, so i think that's that's one very very uh, and the most important ingredient Matthias, it's great to meet you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. To start, please tell us who you are and what you do. So uh, my name is Matthias and I work for the Danish uh, growth fund called Vexfunden, uh, which is uh, the sovereign fund of Denmark. Uh, we have one LP, which is the Danish state. Um, I work in the venture capital department of Vexfunden mm -hmm. uh, and specifically in the early stage investment department where we do uh, investments ranging from pre-seed to seed stage. Um, yeah, so right. that's what I'm doing. Okay, so so now you've you've introduced a number of terms that I would like to get into more detail as we as we go through the conversation. But just for those out there that don't really understand anything about venture capital, yes. can you explain to us what venture capital is and how it works? I, I think that uh, depending on who you ask, right? I don't think there's like a real like solid definition of what venture capital is. So I think it's about who you ask. And from my perspective, I think that if you you could look at it in this way that. Uh, if you have read the book uh, Lean Startup, for instance, with Eric Rice, mm -hmm. I think he defines entrepreneurs as people who uh, work on building solutions and products in in circumstances of like extreme uncertainties. And I think if, if you translate that into what we do as venture capitalists, we, we are investors that uh, try to, to help these entrepreneurs reach the long-term uh, growth potential through uh, access to capital, network, knowledge, and so forth. So I think that's basically what uh, what we do, and we do that through uh, an equity investment, basically. Okay, so so then, uh, based on what you're saying, venture capital is just one of the ways in which startups can get access to capital. Yes, it's a, it's a, venture capital is a equity investment into early stage companies. I would say, like put it very very uh, basically. And and what what other ways are there for startups to actually fund their their activities? I think I mean the. the these days, there's a lot of different financial instruments popping up and opportunities, right? So, so we're seeing like an increase of different financial instruments coming from uh, business angels, individuals that's, that is uh, putting money into investing into companies. There's uh, uh, more and more crowdfund, equity crowdfunding platforms like you probably know uh, Funderbeam, for instance, mm -hmm. popping up. Uh, micro VC funds, like uh, groups of small pri private people going together and maybe in a more professional setup putting money into it. And then you have venture capital companies. Um, uh, and I think you will also probably see a lot of new initiatives like uh, revenue-based finance solutions, uh, maybe even like peer-to-business lending opportunities, stuff like that. Uh, so I think this, you can look at it from like this, a group of equity parts that is more active. And then you have like debt facilities that is more of a passive form of, of capital to, to startups. Yeah. All right, that's, that's really interesting. So can you tell me why a founder might choose venture capital over one of the other different types of, of access to credit? I think it, it's funding. Yeah, I think it's 
how you could look at it is from a founder perspective is that what, what, what kind of company you're trying to build and what kind of journey are you going on and what do you need to succeed on that. And you know, uh, I think that's how you should choose between depth and equity probably and, and what kind of stage your company is in. So what you get from, from an equity investment in my opinion is that you, you get capital of course, uh, but, but you also get like network and you get uh, mentorship probably uh, and you know this all the things that come with active ownership uh, but the trade-off is that you have to sell some part of your company right uh, sell some of the upside uh, so so that's how you should balance it and if you look at the depth side uh, you don't dilute yourself you don't sell anything in company you, you get all the rights uh, to future profits and so forth but the trade-off is that you you uh, don't get all the same network active ownership mentorship and so forth uh, and I think you, uh, every company has probably used both tools uh, down the journey, but depending on where you actually use it in the life cycle that you're in. Uh, yeah. Right, okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, that life cycle because you, you introduced some terms, you, you talked about early stage and pre-seed. Please break that down for us. How, yeah. how, what are the different stages of, of, in, of investment in a, in a company from, from, the, from the moment they start? I actually, I actually um, I'm a part of, of an incubation program out here in Copenhagen, Finland, and I get that question often. So, so can you really break that down? And, and in my opinion, personal opinion, uh, it's more VC lingo thing. It's not, I don't, if I was a founder, I wouldn't focus that much on that. But, but if you look at all this terminology of pre-seed and seed and so forth, it's basically, uh, a way of uh, defining uh, what part of the life cycle are your company. I mean, how mature are you as a company in terms of uh, product development, uh, commercial traction, and so forth. So, if you're a pre-seed company, you're very early stage. Mm -hmm. If you're like Series C, then you're probably a scale-up. Uh, um, and, and then it's also a, a thing that you use to to, to kind of um, define what size of the round that we are talking about when you're raising a capital. So, of course, if you're a pre-seed round, then you're raising a, a less amount of money than you are if you're doing like a Series A. So that's basically trying to, to, to define stage of the development of the company and also the amount of money that you're trying to raise. Okay, uh, tell us now a little bit more about VEX funding. What's, what's the purpose of the organization? What do you do? Uh, what's, what distinguishes you in the market? Yeah, so Vexfund is a quite unique organization uh, here in Denmark. So uh, again, we are the sovereign fund. Uh, we invest on behalf of the Danish state. Um, uh, our purpose is to uh, support the ecosystem of SMEs. Uh, and we try to, to um, pick and develop the companies that Denmark cannot afford to miss out on, basically. Mm. And, and we have a, a, a broad range of different financial instruments to support that. We, we can do everything from uh, debt to subordinate loans, guarantee stuff like that, into venture capital, uh, business angel matching loans. Uh, we do uh, funds of funds investments into other uh, VC funds and buyout funds. So we, we, can, we have like all different kinds of instruments. And then what, what makes us kind of unique, of course, is that we are sovereign fund, but also that we are built and born as a truly patient and long-term investor, which means that we don't have any like end date on when we have to get in and out. Uh, we're patient. We, we try to, to push, uh, to let the company grow in the way that they, they think is right pace and stuff like that. And, and yeah, so that's what I think makes us, us unique. Um, then, of course, when you have all these different kinds of instruments, it makes it possible for us to sort of customize different financial solutions on your journey, meaning that 
back to the life cycle, right? If you are an early stage company, you have probably one sort of capital need, and then if you are a more mature company, you probably have another one, and we have diff different financial instruments. And then final, very important part of our business is that we always do that in partnership and syndication with the private market, uh, so to say. Mm -hmm. So we, we always go in together and try to find the best solutions there. Right, okay. Um, now, we've seen an increase in, in investment in various industries over the past five, ten years in, in the Nordics. Yes. Um, have you noticed any changes in the flow of capital or any trends in how the capital is flowing to, to, to these, these organizations? I, I, I'm primarily focused on the Danish market, so that's where my point of view is. But, but I think, yes, there's been some, some changes. Uh, you, you will probably see when, we, when I talk to some of the analysts in our company, uh, you will see like an inflow of a lot of foreign uh, investors, uh, which means there's a, a, last year, for instance, there was a lot, uh, large pickup in like US investors into like the Danish in the market, for instance. Uh, that means that the, the rounds is becoming larger. There's more competition around getting into like good deals, stuff like that, uh, which is very good, uh, which means that the, the venture capital market is maturing, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. So. And then again, back to the different kinds of financial instruments that is also becoming available for, for startups and scale-ups means that there's all different kinds of opportunities now than there wasn't there for like 10 years ago, for instance. So I think you're going to see uh, changes in, in the inflows of capital, definitely. And it, it's more available, basically, uh, for the company. Um, so that's good. Very good. Okay, but we've talked about the alternatives or the options that, that, that founders have in order to gain capital. What about if I'm an investor? Or let's say my, I'm, I'm an angel investor, I have a little bit of money that I want to put to good use. What, what are my options? What, what could I do in collaboration with an organization like VexFunding? We have, in VexFunding, we have a, uh, actually a program where we sort of vet some of these uh, business angels and make them into a program where uh, they can, you know, do an investment and then they can uh, uh, take a loan from Vexfold and put direct, directly into the company. So that's one solution that we worked closely together in a more formalized way. Mm -hmm. But again, in, in the team that I'm in, in the early stage company, when you can invest a loan, we tend to also see if we can attract private investors. And in, in the very early stages, it's, it's basically, it's actually often uh, business angels that we, we do this together with. And, and it, it creates a lot of value because we in the VC world, we, most of us are like generalists. Mm -hmm. And it's, it creates a lot of value from my point of view to attract like industry experts from business angels into the company that could be more hands-on, maybe have more like deep industry knowledge into the specific uh, case here. So, so we think there's a, a lot of value of working together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we're seeing there is that there's coming more business angels and that's actually coming a, a sort of a wave of uh, former founders that's popping back into the community or to the ecosystem, investing into new startups, which is creating a lot of value, in my opinion. Uh, so that's definitely something I'm seeing, and it's very interesting. Right. Uh, we've also spotted a trend in which there's companies popping up that they're using technology to democratize things like investment, wealth management, venture capital. Yeah. What is, how is that impacting the, the venture capital market? That's a tough question. Uh, I, I think that um, it's sort of, I think in the future, you, and you have to be really careful about predicting the future, but I think it would create some opportunities of democratizing uh, the asset class of alternatives, probably, that you can invest into uh, 
sort of the private equity market now. Uh, and there's different ways of doing that, uh, not only into startups, but only like there's also a range of platforms doing, giving access to real estate investments and so forth. So I think that that's definitely something that is coming and how it's affected us, meaning that, like I said before, uh, I, I think it, it it gives it's this good synergies between venture capital firms as generous most of them and, and having like industry experts and giving that in that that brings a lot of value to the company so i i think that's the best way to actually look at it uh, that's what i'm experiencing right so just the question that i have now is so private equity through a democratized process is is that in competition with venture capital of the sort that Vexfone would provide, or is that something that you leverage for synergies? How, how does that combine? Uh, actually, I don't see it as uh, I don't see it as competition. I think it's it's good for the ecosystem. It's good for maturing the market and and the access to capital for founders, uh, which is basically the most important, right? And and right. and and I think that's good. And then all these parts can basically work together and, and maybe we can go in at different stages of the company uh, and you know help how we can so i don't see it as competition but of course uh, different tools means that you have different availabilities for, for the founders and they will have to pick but that's how it's supposed to be in my opinion um, right so i think i think there's good synergies in it okay and earlier in the conversation you mentioned that that your purpose is to, to make sure that you invest in the companies that denmark cannot afford to miss on yeah so the, the question i have now is what do you look for to know that this is a company that you cannot miss to invest on again very very good question and and i think that even within our organization that kind of uh, depends on on who you ask him but we have i mean we are financially driven organization but we have a heavy heavy focus on on uh, innovation on responsibility and cemental return uh, but we also look at you know financial classic financial metrics and, and when i look at companies uh, and i think if you ask my colleagues as well in the venture in the venture part of of vex fund and, the most important part is the team uh, that we're looking for, uh, who are the founders that we invest into. And what I really, when you know, when founders get me really excited is, you know, uh, uh, somebody who, who is very ambitious, who, you know, has shown like uh, good execution skills, stuff like that. And, and also a very important skill in my opinion is to, are, are you able to build and collect a great team around you with, with very smart people that can help you on the journey. Uh, so I think that's that's one very, very, uh, and the most important ingredients. Uh, and then of course we look into, you know, what kind of problem are we solving? How big is this problem? How, how does that translate into like the market opportunity, which is very important for us. Uh, we look at the, um, the solution that, or the product that you're building, you know, how unique is that compared to like the state of art in the market that you're in? And also, you know, how is that, how transformative is it? How is, how is it going to transform the industry that you're in now? Um, uh, and then of course we, we, we look for, uh, um, uh, the commercial track, meaning, and that actually varies on what you look at in terms of what stage the company is in. But but in the early stages, uh, you know, all customer feedback. Do your customers love your product? Uh, mm. How is it to, to get customers in and so forth? And can you can you capitalize on and monetize on on a, an attractive business model? Uh, and then again, back to to the important part of, of our business. Also, you know, 
um, how is the company acting in terms of like ESG and stuff like that. Uh, that is very important for us that you are a responsible company uh, in all means. Um, so we, all, we also spend quite some time uh, looking at that. Okay, and you must look at, at the hundreds of companies that are developing their ideas looking for, for funding. Have you spotted any interesting trends that excite you of things that keep popping up more and more often uh, in, 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 in the minds of founders? I, again, I, I, uh, I think you should be really careful about predicting the future, right? Because, I mean, the last couple of years have really shown how it can change fast. But, but what gets me really excited and a couple of things that I'm seeing in, in a more broader sense, and I'm only I'm focusing primarily on software, right? But, but I, of course, sustainability, huge thing. Uh, uh, I think, and there's a lot of things within that alternative needs, uh, electric vehicles, sustainable fashion, stuff like that. And I th that's one, one thing that I think is very interesting and, 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 and a lot of things happening there. And I think, you know, if you look to like the B2B SME market, you will probably see you know a range of different uh, software tools that can help these companies automize and you know increase efficiencies. It could be uh, automated bookkeeping, low-code, no-code tools, uh, and so forth. Uh, uh, I think you can't really you can't really say anything now without saying web free, right? Uh, there's a lot of things going on with blockchain, uh, crypto assets and so forth. And there's a lot of different things going on there, which is exciting to actually follow and see how that develops. Because I think it's for most in the mainstream market, it's still kind of new and unknown thing. And even for me, it's, it's tough to really get your head around, but it's exciting to see how that actually evolves. Um, Again, fintech is such a major, major thing, and I think there's a lot of things going on there, uh, and then a lot of things from Web3 actually, in my opinion, coming out of that world. Uh, so, um, and then maybe on the on the consumer side, what really excites me right now is is tools that can uh, help you at home, uh, spending more time on what you think it's it's uh, it's fun. Uh, I think there's a lot of things in the creator economy actually uh, that's a lot of fun to to watch and see what's happening, and that has some overlap with the fintech world as well, uh, but also like software solution for home services that can help you whatever you want. I think that's very exciting. Um, yeah, so that's some like uh, general topics that I that excites me personally. Right, and have you seen anything specific on fintech trends that are coming up for for investment that you could pinpoint? I think the, uh, if, you, if you go back, uh, and even in my short career, if you go back, there's been great innovation within like consumer-facing fintech, which is uh, really, really cool. And I think that, you know, again, uh, all blockchain crypto thing is, is that's definitely going to happen. A lot of innovation that, that, that is really exciting in sort of all layers in, in that. Uh, and I think you're going to see, I mean, what I'm seeing right now, at least, is that, that we're seeing like different sorts of new companies popping into every layer of like using blockchain. I think we're going to see probably the next couple of companies uh, on the application level using that sort of technology, okay. uh, which is which is probably going to be exciting. Um, and then I, I believe that we're going to see a, a, there's a, actually a great opportunity uh, within like B2B fintech especially around, you know, we, we see like a changing environment of regulation, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We have seen like um, the conversation been a lot about fintech and, and the legacy banks and stuff like that. And I think there's a great opportunity in a where, where in the intersection between the two of them, if you can, uh, we've seen solutions that is helping uh, 
the larger financial institution being uh, more digitalized, uh, being uh, maybe a little bit more consumer friendly, and, and maybe uh, adapt technology like we have in all different all different kinds of areas, like you and I are used to. And I think if you can work with the with the large financial institution, that's great market opportunity. There. And I see some of the companies coming through that that is focusing on that. Uh, so I think that's some of the threats that I'm that I'm seeing at least uh, in the companies that I'm looking at. Okay, and and you also mentioned that the, that for X Fund and the the founding team is is very important. Yes. Uh, are there any skills in terms of background that that you see that that you say well it, it, these skills need to be present within the founding team? It could be like engineering or computing science or or any other scientific field. Any anything that that stands out from from that balance of skills and, and capabilities? I think a diversified team in all means. Uh, it's important for me at least, and I think that's how what we look at. Uh, so so having a diversified team in terms of gender, background, age and so forth is really good. Uh, and, and and it's it's a very important ingredient in actually building a strong founder group in my opinion. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, we really look at you know complementary skill sets, so mm -hmm. both commercial skill sets with technical skill sets, marketing, go to market, uh, and I think again back to the other point that I made was that I really like you know when you see like very ambitious uh, entrepreneurs that has a vision for the future and but is uh, capable of putting it in a way that that you and I believe well this is really going to happen. Uh, and also uh, seeing people that is really, really good with people skills, building teams, attracting really good talent to the group in all layers of the organization. I think that's probably the most important skills that you can have uh, to really be good at attracting talent. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's what really excites me. We, we, we talk to founders all the time and one of the things that we consistently hear from them is that when when they when they uh, face the, the prospect of investment, especially with, uh, with, with in private equity, that they find it really really hard to get investment if they can't if they have not failed in in the past. Is is that something that that you've seen as well, or that, that you would relate to? Uh, to be honest, not really. Uh, I think what what probably comes out of that is, is that uh, of course, if you uh, coming back to like the industry knowledge, if you have been in a startup, if you've been on the, on the journey before, then you know uh, it creates kind of trust with the investors that you've tried this before, maybe you've succeeded, but I don't know about the failure part. Uh, I, I have invested in like first-time founders as well, uh, so I don't really focus that much on, on that part, but I think it's a great uh, skill set to, to have an experience, to have tried the journey before, being in a startup, scaling it up and so forth, and see what works and what doesn't, and you know, what to avoid and so forth. So that's definitely a, a thing that we, we, we like to see. Okay, and then just the last question. So let's, let's say that someone listening to, to this interview might have a great idea but might not have the necessary experience or the confidence to say, well, I, sh I should actually go and pursue it. What, what sort of things would you recommend a potential founder to focus on in order to be able to, to build their, their, their skills, their confidence and their capabilities to eventually be able to attract capital and, and, and launch their idea? Well, for, first of all, if you haven't done it before, don't be afraid of doing it. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of successful people that, you know, uh, wasn't necessarily an entrepreneur before, but jumped out and did it and very successfully. So, so uh, don't, don't be afraid of that. Uh, and I think that 
being open and, and also being open about your idea, telling people about it, asking for input and just reach out uh, uh, to other people that's tried it before, for instance. Mm -hmm. I think that's very good. I have never heard of anybody uh, that has been reached out to an entrepreneur and having a, having a no of not spending like 10 or 15 minutes of getting the input. So reach out to people in the community. Uh, also investors, uh, mm -hmm. uh, from my perspective, I think every investor is kind of open to listen to new ideas uh, and open to, to meet new founders. Um, and then I, I would say if you, if you come to a stage where you uh, maybe have a little founder group there and you know, you're ready to, to look for, uh, for investors, then my, my suggestion would be prepare. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you're prepared when you start and then talking with, with investors, uh, everything from budgets to business plan to how you think uh, the company is going to evolve over time and so forth. Uh, so I think prepare. Um, yeah, so that's some of the things that I would do if I, if I was a first-time founder. And, and that said, I've never been in the founder's side of it, but from my side, that's what I would do. Yeah. All right, Matthias, well, thank you so much for spending time thank with you. us and for opening our eyes to this fascinating world of uh, venture capital. Thank you for having me.